0: Good evening. I guess tonight we have a short night. I told Adam I couldn't do no more than 15 minutes if I could make that. But I'm glad he asked me to speak. I was skeptical about doing this uh, because I asked him if he's sure he wants me to talk about persecution. And he said yes. So I would do my best uh, talk about persecution and use scriptures to to follow up on that. And the first thing is, uh, we'll be in Matthew 5, 10, he said 10 through 11, but I'm going to say 10 through 12. And it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are he when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you." Now we all know that Jesus faced a lot of uh, persecution. And we know that even in his terrible beating, and the thorn, the crowns of thorn that they pushed on his head. And he never said a word. He never uttered nothing against them. And even as he hung on the cross and the thief on the cross was reviling in him, he never said anything. But the other thief re- revoked the other uh, thief. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise but Jesus never once said anything evil against anyone and even when the Pharisee stood at the foot of the cross and said if you are truly the son of God come down off that cross and we will believe Jesus in his last breath said father forgive them for they know not what they do and when I look at this and look at the persecution that we face today. I have to use the scriptures as my guideline because I know in this world the world wants us to see things one way and as Christians we need to see it in a godly manner and that's what I hope I can bring forth tonight. It's, uh, you know a lot of times we we don't think persecution is there for us, it's, it's not here. But in our society, we have seen the principles of morals and Christianity under attack daily. And true Christianity will even come under attack even more. Because there will come a time when they will attack these, our church. They would attack the churches of the world. I looked up a, a percentage based app and you know there is 360 million Christians persecuted a year. And 56% of that is in America. And it cannot be long until we are facing this crucifixion, uh, this persecution ourselves. And uh, in Revelation 2:10, and the last verse of that 10, in the last sentence of 10, it says, Faithful, faith will remain faithful until death. But it goes on in Matthew 13:20, and it says and those whose faith is based on stony places will only endure for a while because when tribulations of persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. So we're going to face persecution and we have to learn how to deal with it. In my life, and I know a lot of you will remember the fifties, sixties, and seventies. I faced persecution because of the color of my skin. And I didn't know why, as a young man, that I was being judged for not who I was or not for what I was doing, but just based on the color of my skin. But I learned to live with that. I learned to go to restaurants and go to the back door and order my food. But yet, later on in life, I was being persecuted for something that I did do. I was living the wrong type of life. I was living in the streets. I was doing the things that shouldn't have been done. I was involved in drugs and alcohol. And when people talked about me and persecuted me, they had a right to because I was wrong but when I became a Christian I looked at things in a different manner but those that I grew up with those that I ran with they no longer wanted me around even part of my family distance from me because I didn't see things the way they seen it anymore I couldn't see the, the worldly views that they seen anymore because I wanted to look at things in a godly manner, not in a worldly manner. So I became a turncoat, as they call it. But then on the reverse side of that, when I talked to some friends of a different race, and I couldn't agree with them, then I was prejudiced. So here I'm stuck in the middle wondering what am I supposed to believe? How am I supposed to act? And the scriptures always give you an answer to those questions. I have to be godly, because that's what Christ calls us to be, is Godly. It says uh, in Luke 21:16 and 17, "And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and veterans and kinfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death." And yet shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. As long as we follow Christ, this world is going to hate us. Because they can't understand us. They want us to see what they say is right. But in the sight of God, the world is not right. We see so much evil in our world today. And I have to ask, is this what we want? Is this what we stand for? In our lives, in John 15, 20, it said, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is no greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. So what is Christ telling us? That if he, if he was persecuted and he was the son of God, are we better than Christ? I think we're going to be persecuted the same. We're not going to be able to, to walk into this world and preach the gospel the way we have freedom to preach now. It's going to come a time we're going to have to struggle with sharing the word of God in this world. But the Bible also tells us that we are going to go through these evil times. And that we as Christians have to stand. And persecution is not limited. It's not just a physical uh, part of our lives. It's abuse and imprisonment is is one thing, but we would be making a terrible mistake if we didn't understand that persecution also is mental. It's emotional. It's economic. It's property. This co- this comes under persecution every day of our lives. If it, we look around, we some people persecute others because they don't have what they have some is out of jealousy some is out of a worldly love but we have persecution and it's not just it's not just physical there is so much pressure on us mentally as people that I know for a week I had to step back from my job at the church here because I had so much pressure so much build up on our things that was said looks that was given and I had to question myself Is this is where I want to be. And when I came to the house of that, it was because I shared things with Alan Hooper back there that I hadn't shared with anyone. And being able to get this out brought me relief. Because it made me understand that I'm not here for myself. I'm here to serve God. I'm here to be a servant of His. It's no matter what people may say, this is where I am to be. This is my church. And this is where I'll be until God calls me home. And I thank Him every day for giving me the strength to do this. We, we have so much so much anger in this world so much I don't, I don't even know the words for it but I was just talking to Eddie back there and I said do we take a group of people and persecute everybody of that race because of that one group Do we take and persecute all races, our nations, because of one group? And Jonah, God was sending Jonah to uh, Nineveh to share his word with them. And Jonah ran because he didn't want to go share his word. He persecuted that whole city because he knew that if he shared that word God's word with those people and they accepted it that God would have mercy on them and forgive them and Jonah thought they was too evil to be forgiven is that the way we look at life today do we think people are too evil that we won't go out and share God's word with them I don't think so. I think we need to do what God asks us to do. It says um, in James 1 and 2, James refers to divers temptation, or manifold trials. And he said, "Brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation. As I was searching some of this I found something that really, really need to share. And it was America was not prepared for the type imprisonment and brainwashing of the Korean War. Thus, when the war ended, 21 Americans refused to return to America's society. They turned turncoats, because they had been brainwashed by the Koreans. And it says, American Christians are not prepared for the tight persecution Satan is bringing against us. It also is brainwashing. Thus there are turncoats. And you hate to see that word turncoats put on to Christians. But what is it saying? It's saying that our faith is built on a stony ground. That when the persecution comes, we are not strong enough to just stay with it. We're not strong enough to hang on to our faith. I'd like to think that's wrong. I think what Christ gave us, the way he showed us, I think when we have faith in him, we can overcome all things. That we don't have to bow down to it. But this world will have us to do that. And I I did research a lot of stuff here. And one of the points I, I did look at was, 1st 2nd Timothy 3.12 and it says yea and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution the the point of conflict at at this point where you differ from the world the degree to which you differ equals the degree of persecution the degree that we stand against the world is the degree that we're going to be persecuted by this world. And they will be strong. And it says, John 15, 19, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And there are so many... So many different scriptures here that shows the persecution of Christians. It shows the things that we face in this world today as Christians. And in our lives we have to choose how we accept things. How we believe in things. Dustin and I was talking about a video that we had seen on our phones. And he was questioning whether the man was right or wrong. In one sense he was saying this officer was right. In another sense the video was showing just the officer shooting this man. And I told Dustin that as Christians we have to be careful. We have to be careful how we look at these news media that they are showing us. Because if we don't see the starting point and the end point, then we don't know what's true or what's false. But if we are not careful, we're looking at the parts they want us to see. Some parts would make him prejudice if he's not careful. And some parts would make me prejudiced if I'm not careful. So I told him we need to look at things in a godly manner. Do not show me this part and show him this part. But let us see the whole, the whole start to the end. And let us as Christians look at that in a godly manner and make our judgment. Because we can make a righteous judgment. The Bible tells us that. But when we just look at these parts that they want us to see, the world is trying to draw us into what they want us to believe. And I, for one, find it hard to do. When I'm confronted by friends with this Black Lives Matter, They don't like what I have to say, and I'll be honest with that, because when you confront me with something like this, all lives matter as a Christian, all lives, but you confront me with this, then you show me why the percentage of black on black killings is so high. Don't talk to me about something that is not even worth talking about. Because I can't see it. I have to look at things in a godly manner. And that godly manner tells me that all lives matter, no matter who you are, no matter what race you are. And we have to learn to look at life in a sense that God called us to look at it. He said, Love one another. His commandment is love thy neighbor as you love thyself. And who is our neighbor? If we're in a store in a line, that neighbor is that man in front of you, that man behind you. No matter where we are, whoever that person is next to you is your neighbor. And it says love thy neighbor. In Peter 4.4 It said, wherein I think it's strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. This is peer pressure. And this comes from the world and it can be fierce. But the thing is, is what group of people is Satan uh, where he's concentrating on. What group of people is he truly concentrating on? Is it not our young people? And what is his weapon that he's using with those young people? Is it not peer pressure? Because the young is learning what we teach them. And in this world today, what we are trying to teach people is way out. Our government is calling us to teach things that I just, as a Christian, I cannot see. But neither will I get into that. But it says, and, and most of us know who wrote this, and that's Romans twelve two. It says we cannot allow the world to conform us, as Paul wrote. And be not conformed to this world. And then there's a conflict of persecution. You have two alternatives. Compromise with the world and revert to the world. Either way, then your persecution stops. Thus your happiness is based upon approval of the world. But James 4.4 4 says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Maintain righteous and godly living that quality of life that results from being the scriptures makes you. The same attitudes that sanctify you also fortifies you. They are at once the cause of the persecution and the means by which we, which you endure. Thus your happiness is based upon God's approval. There is so many things I have written down here that I, I know I can't cover. But there's so many things that I would that goes on in my mind that I just can't find the words to put. But I do understand that as Christians, we cannot be conformed to this world. We cannot believe as this world wants us to believe. We have to be transformed by the renewal of our minds into what Christ has asked us to be. And the only way you can renew your mind in Christ is by studying His words. By concentrating on His words. Every morning I spend an hour just sitting and thinking about a scripture that I have read. And most of the time, all day long, that scripture is in my mind. And I know that for me... I have to show that godly love to everyone, no matter who it is. No matter what they say about me, no matter how they look at me, I'm going to show them a godly love. And then it will be between them and God what they do. As for me, I want to be able to stand in front of God and say I did the best I could. I hope that Some things I have said hasn't offended anyone. And I hope that you can understand, speaking of persecution is not easy. It is a hard subject. Because many things you want to say, you don't want to say. Many thoughts that you have, you can't find the words to put them in into the right position. And I don't want anything to be negative. Because God is positive. And that's the way I want to keep my Christianity is positive. And I thank you for listening to me. And I appreciate this opportunity to speak. Thank you. If anyone has a need feel free to, feel free to come forward as we stand and-